question. An unusual state for a royal prince, even a pretender, by the age of twenty-five. In spite of his handsomeness and charm, there was a dark side to Charles Edward, for he was pathologically selfish, extremely arrogant, and careless about other people's feelings. At the age of five, he refused to bow to the Pope, because, as he explained, Popes were only elected while he was born a prince. Though musical and fluent in four languages, he was not a good scholar and had little interest in learning. Any letters he wrote in English were almost illiterate. In fact, when he was growing up, gossip reached the Hanoverian court that he was an imbecile, and his father always bemoaned his lack of learning. Also, and most tellingly, by the time he landed in Scotland, he was already drinking heavily, with a marked partiality for brandy. In 1745, however, his romantic charm prevailed among many pro-Jacobites in the Highlands, and excitement and enthusiasm for his cause increased. His followers grew in number till he was heading a small army by early September, when they reached Perth before marching into a stunned Edinburgh on the 17th of the month. When he held court in Holyrood Palace, more men, mostly Highlanders, flocked to join him, and on the 21st of the month, after a fifteen-minute battle at Prestonpans a few miles south of Edinburgh, an English army under Sir John Cope was roundly defeated by his forces. The delighted Jacobites celebrated this victory by singing a derisory song, Hey Johnny Cope, are you sleeping yet? For five more weeks, Bonnie Prince Charlie, as he was by then popularly called, stayed on in Edinburgh dispensing charm and gathering a bigger army, still mainly made up of Highlanders, for there was only half-hearted support for him from Edinburgh and the east coast of Scotland or the Lothians. In spite of that, he managed to gather an army of 5,500 men before marching into England, going first to Carlisle and then Manchester. Both cities fell with little opposition, thanks to the brilliant general Lord George Murray, who, after some hesitation, had declared himself on Charles Edward's side. Unfortunately, he and Charles were on bad terms from the beginning, because Murray mistrusted the younger man's judgment, and Charles was suspicious of him, fearing that he might be a traitor. By the first week of December, they reached the outskirts of Derby, only a hundred and twenty miles from London. There they unexpectedly halted, and, to general Jacobite dismay, retreated in disarray. For the rest of his life, the young Chevalier blamed Murray for turning back, and always said that he himself wanted to press on, but was overruled by Murray, who insisted on retreating because their lines of communication were stretched too far, and he felt they could easily be cut off. Charles, and many other people, believed that if the Jacobite army had pressed on, he could have taken London. Spies told him that the Hanoverian King George II had actually made plans to load his personal treasures into a boat and flee down the Thames and back to Hanover as soon as the Jacobite army reached London. Sadly, the retreat from Derby was a total debacle, during which many of Charles's army were slaughtered or made prisoners. By Christmas Day, the remnants were in Glasgow, where the prince met a merchant's daughter called Clementine Walkinshaw, who nursed him when he fell ill at Bannockburn, and later became his mistress. She was to bear his daughter, Charlotte. On January the 17th, Murray won a skirmish against the Hanoverian army at Falkirk, but the tide had turned too decisively. 
The only thing to do was retreat northwards, pursued by the English Redcoat Army under the King's son, the Duke of Cumberland. By early spring, the remnants of the Jacobite army were in Inverness, weary, underfed, and overtired. On April 17th, they were overwhelmed on Culloden Moor with a loss of 2,000 men. Charles and a few supporters fled the field early and left his supporters to their cruel fate. Many were slaughtered while they slept from exhaustion and hunger. The few who were not killed were either cruelly executed later or sent to prison ships in the Thames and ended up as slaves in the American colonies. The Duke of Cumberland has gone down in history with the nickname of the Butcher because of the terrible cruelties he inflicted on Charles's supporters and their families after Culloden. Murray escaped to the continent and was received at the court of Charles's father James in Rome. He and Charles never met again, and Murray died in Holland in 1760.